0: The Premier View Tipperary GAA Podcast has just got its very first sponsor. The podcast is now proudly sponsored by MerchMonster.ie. On MerchMonster.ie, you can buy personalized hoodies, t-shirts, polo shirts, personalized snood face coverings, and a whole lot more. They've even got a product personalizer over on their website. Go over there and check it out now. They deal in one-off orders and also in bulk orders, class hoodies, team man work polo shirts and everything else in between. Go over there and check them out now. It's merchmonster.ie. Now let's get back to this week's show.
2: 42 of the Premier View Tipperary GAA Podcast. My name is Michael McCarthy and we have a great show for you this week as we look back on a winless weekend for the Tipperary teams in the National League and have a look forward to this weekend's action. Our resident tortoise arsman, Sean Smith, does this week's local paper review with with Eamon Wynn as they look back on the GAA action in the Nationalist. While Laura interviews Laura, as Mercy Kennedy speaks with John McIntyre about the weekend's senior hurling and how they can get Brian Hogan back in the number one shot for Tipperary. But first, I speak with my Rovers' James Williams about Tipperary football. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined on the Premier View this week by Tipperary Football Board Secretary James Williams. Uh, thanks for joining us, James.
3: No, you're very welcome.
2: Uh, so James, uh, Limerick last weekend, uh, I spoke to Anthony last weekend, last time, and we said that uh, they were a bogey team and that proved to be correct again. And you might just, You were at the game. Uh, how, how did it? How did it look while you were there?
3: Yeah, no, like I said, unfortunately, like did, even going back to last year, we were blessed to get over Limerick in the championship last year, that just one the the, the the key turning points for our season last year was getting over Limerick. Um, yeah, last week started very well. Look, got a, got, got a good couple of scores, went five two up. Looked like we were doing well, and and I suppose Limerick got a bit of a purple patch just before half time and just after half time, and scored one two without reply, and, and and we were kind of reeling after that, and we slowly got back into the game, made a few changes. But um, yeah, we play, once we started playing catch up, we never really closed the gap, and that was kind of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we were missing um, probably a good few players. Uh, Mikey Quinlevin was was injured, and the news came out, I suppose, in the, in the days leading up to it, that. Robbie Kiley is out with a with a hamstring tear, uh, probably for the season. They, they're big losses to, to that team when they're missing.
3: Yeah, they are. Looking, we only started last Saturday We we started with seven of last year's monster final winning team which means it was a huge change. Look, and it's great. Look, this is the league. It's the time to give fellas opportunities but we only started with one of the backs or two of the backs that's played last year in the Championship. Jimmy Feen was there and Colm O'Shokin was, was there. The other four we're new the whole half back line wasn't there for the for championship last year. You know, so and, and up front we're trying a few new new things as well. You know, so yeah, it's the league half to blood some players, but yeah, a huge change in that, you know. So when you're only starting with only seven of last year's championship team, you look your expectations have to be limited and there was always a chance that like you know that Limerick could catch you because they, they definitely, definitely went full strength and they went after
2: it like, you know. Yeah. Um as you said, there was only seven of the team that started. Who of the new guys were impressed you and um, during the game? um
3: well, type Tige, tiger um it's Tige, if it's about, uh, if sure, the it's cornerback fancy. yeah it, it, it did quite well um a lot of players seem to got tired you know it, it looked like the, the half back line got tired and stuff as well but Fina center back is playing very very well you know and has shown well in early season as well this year and, and is doing great you know um of some of the other new guys that came in um
2: Sean O'Connor was there, he
3: got it. Sean scored four points very well in the corner. You know, Sean's young, you know, caught two great marks in important times in the first half, kicked a great point from playing the second half. Now he got black-hearted into the game, but it was an indication of his commitment to the game and stuff as well. did very well and impressed. Half-hour line worked very, very hard. You know, Jason Lennon was in there, wing forward, played very, very well, worked very, very hard too, covered a lot of ground. But they, you know, and and then some of the usual players, Conan Kennedy's playing excellent in the midfield. Second half, he caught some serious footballs. You know, he's turned into a fantastic midfielder as well. You know, so look, there was very, very positive signs. Some of the new faces really did well. You know, and, and this huge opportunity. Now it'll be fantastic to see some of maybe the more experienced players coming back, maybe for Wicklow on on, on Saturday. But yeah, you, you know, there's definitely opportunities for young lads there to come in and make a mark for themselves. You know.
2: Yeah. So uh, Jack Hindley came off the bench um, there at the weekend. He, he got a couple of points. Uh, Jack will probably be instrumental to in this team when 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 championship comes around. I would imagine.
3: Yeah, well, look, there's a few lads out injured. Hopefully, you will be hoping some of them back this year. Bill Maher will hopefully be back. You know, Kevin Faye's out injured for a couple of weeks now. Michael Quinn will hopefully be back. Jack will be back. You know, there's definitely a few uh, so, some experienced footballers to come back. You know, into into that squad, and, and we will make a huge difference when, when they come back into it. You know.
2: Yeah. So looking looking forward to, to this weekend. We have Wicklow um in the stadium on Saturday. Uh, they went down to Offaly last weekend. Uh, they, they have a, a young manager. Um they're trying to build the team but but this is one we really need to win isn't
3: it? well yeah it looks it's a must-win game if you the next two games you have to win if you're looking to get promotion and out of the division three you have to get the top two semi-finals and, and get into that final the top two teams go up so the next two games are must-win games with awfully playing limerick then as well you, you know how way you want that one to go but we'll definitely be going to follow more looking for, for a result the following week as well uh week low look the we have nothing to fear with Wicklow. We definitely have the armory to beat them. We just have to make sure we get a performance. You know, as the team that selected. Um, back in Thurles as well, we do have good league form over the last couple of years in Thurles as well. You know, so hopefully we get two points out of that one and just move on.
2: Yeah, and do you think that David will try to start more of the the regular starters this week, or will he give guys? um give some of those younger guys a chance again
3: well, well there certainly will be more of those guys available to him whether he'll use them or not that's to see like you know because when they're coming back out of injuries too you know we played a challenge against Clare a week or two ago and if some of these niggas were picked up you know they have to be fully right and David won't take any risks you know, with some of these players, so they, they'll only be 100% right. Like, Jack Kendi is available again this weekend for selection, but I'm not, I couldn't be sure that Jack won't just make a cameo in the second half again until, until they're fully matched fit, because you can't chance getting injuries, you know? Um, so, yeah, look... I'd like to think that he's maybe going to get blood some of these young fellas in the league. It's what it's for. I know if this was February, you kind of go, yeah, it's only the league. People are getting excited already because it's May. and God, Oh, God, yeah. it's May and championship results are, the aren't going the way. But it's still only in the league. He's said the to blood your players. And yeah. keep in mind, these fellas are only back playing a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So fitness levels have to rise, right. Sharpness, no getting players coming in, new lads coming in, playing the system that David wants to play and stuff as well. So look. You know, a number of lads put their hand up last week to, to get opportunities to be looked at a second time, definitely for sure. Um, but uh, possibly now with a must-win situation, maybe David might bring back in some of the stalwarts he's used to play with, you know.
2: Yeah, um, so similar to the, the hurlers, David is, is kind of playing, I suppose, what we would have considered last week. to be the backup keeper in Michael O'Reilly last and He kicked a 45 similar to, to Evan. Yeah. How, did, how did he go, in your opinion?
3: Yeah, look, he he did absolutely fine. He, he couldn't fault for the goals. Um, you know, he came up, kicked a forty-five kick out. Maybe I I, I don't have the stats. Maybe the the winning of our own kickouts. I don't think the stats were very very high. You know, um, and I don't know if that's the the strategy, or I don't know if that's, you know, just the way it played on the day. Conditions were poor. Don't forget that. Like you know, underfoot conditions weren't great. Handling wasn't great, and I would say. There was at max three, maybe four marks, midfield marks called in the whole game from kickouts, and and Connell It was definitely two if not three of those. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a day for winning kickouts. It was dirty breaking ball, and that's what it was about. You know? So, but yeah, like Michael has a serious kick out on him. Distance is there. You know, maybe not as many short ones as Evans would usually kick out, but look, you couldn't fault him. And like I said, coming up and kicking the 45, it, it just seems to be something that an awful lot of counties have in their armory now.
2: Yeah, yeah. A 40, a 45 yards, call up the goalie, and, and it's working, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brian Fox um, was playing again and, and lasted the, the 70 odd minutes. Uh, Fox is a tremendous uh, footballer, isn't he? Yeah, well what
3: he brings to it is his leadership, isn't it? Really, like you know what I mean? You you always when it comes to crunch situations and even driving in, you know, the last 10 minutes to try and get 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 level with Limerick, he got on an awful lot of ball again and was driving forward again. You know what I mean? It's just he has a fantastic engine on him, you know what I mean? And the team needs leaders. And when you look around, when when games are being caught by the scruff of the neck and being dragged through, Brian Fox is always the one the players doing it, really, you know. And like a, he's a very experienced player and I'm sure the clock will run out on Brian some stage too, it will, you know, and it doesn't. They did, it did on us all, and it does. But like you know, but you'd be hoping, you'd be hoping, yeah, that that, that
2: Brian's fitness levels and injuries will hold, and and, and that he put in another good season. Yeah, we need him as a leader definitely on the field. Yeah, absolutely, we certainly do. Uh, so that game is going ahead. I think ha- is it half four on Saturday half four in Thurles, yeah, yeah, yeah in, in the stadium, and it's uh, on it's available to watch on GA Go. Uh, James, thanks very much for for joining us on the Premier View. No, but at all, you're very welcome, Tim.
0: Merchmonster.ie.
2: Thanks there to James Williams of the Tipperary Football Board. Uh, Don't forget to like, review and comment on this podcast wherever you listen. And please give us a follow on social media, Premier View Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Premier View Pod on Twitter. And we will soon have some new content available when we launch our website. But next up, Sean sits down with the national sports journalist Eamon Wynne.
4: Hello, and I'm joined here today by Eamon Wien, the sports editor for Nash's newspaper in South Tip Rail. Eamon, how are you doing? I'm
1: fine, thanks, Sean. And you?
4: Not too bad. Eamon, we're gonna we'll go straight into it. We'll go on the headline, the back page as we're reading here in front of us. Horizon and footballers are aiming to record their first wins this weekend now. Hurrors face Galway and tip footballers face Wicklow in the stadium in a double header. Um, do you think we need to get the W on the board after two draws and the defeat for the football this weekend now, Eamon?
1: Most definitely, Sean. Uh, obviously both camps would be anxious to to make to get record their first wins of the campaign and not only to to get off the mark in, in terms of victories but also to score goals. The, the hurlers have played two matches, the footballers have played one and neither has managed to raise a green flag yet so obviously that's something they need to put right.
4: Exactly, in an age when last two seasons were goals games could have four or five, six goals in and we're failing to even create made or go
1: chances sure yes yeah that's it yeah um as i said the, the the hurlers have played two games so far that they've drawn with limerick and cork and and have yet to to get a goal and even worryingly more worryingly you might say that i think the the tip defense scored more than the than the six starting forwards who were named last weekend uh, against cork in in, in that hurling game. So, look, it's something that Liam Sheedy obviously is very conscious of and and that he'll be looking to put right. I mean, after the game, he he reacted to that. He said, all the forwards I have are able to score and generally we wouldn't have 17 wides. We don't struggle to score from play generally. He said, it's a work in progress, but I would hope that by the time we get to the business end of things, we'll have that sorted. So again, he alluded to the the seventeen wides that that his team shot last weekend, and you'd wonder if if they'd got a fraction of those, would they have would they have beaten Cork, and and we could be talking about going for a second victory this weekend.
4: Yeah, at this point, one thing a touch base, like Barrett popping up for a late point for us, that meant the whole full back line score, which you wouldn't see, you don't see it too often. I and mean, it's not something you would have written the paper too many times, is it?
1: No, it's not. Uh, again, I think we put the emphasis on maybe getting numbers out around the middle of the field and that, which left us a bit short in attack. Mm. Now, on the plus side, you had John Bubbles over the wire was back last weekend and he got a great point there at one stage. He'll obviously, a fully fit Bubbles, a fully firing Bubbles would be a great addition to the to the panel this week or this year. Uh, John McGrath also had a couple of points, he he looked good too and then what can you say about Jason Ford I, I, and those 10 frees that he scored and in particular that last free, that monster effort from yeah. his own half that, that rescued the point for Tipperary
4: It's kind of a case of Ford at the moment We're all our games are kind of coming down to Ford's uh, free-taking ability and he's holding up but like, that's not one to see in Tipperary team to be honest, they want free scoring scores, goals, not from um, freeze. That's one thing. Like you want to depend on Ford slapping over ninety-yard freeze to draw a game.
1: That's very true. That's something that Liam Sheedy is conscious of as well. I'm sure. So, in for the last couple of years, if you go back to 2019, Tipper a, a free-scoring team. Seamus uh, Callinan had that record-breaking run of goals during that that year, of course, and that's something that Liam Sheedy will be looking for his his players to get back to. It it may require a little tweaking of, of the style I'm sure that's something that will, will play out in the coming months in the coming weeks and months
4: And in to tweaking there would you see kind of many changes coming up against Galway now, Galway ended Limerick's unbeaten run there as you said there in the paper there, um, do you think this Galway team will be a step above what we've seen already?
1: I think just to address the first point there I think we will see changes in the team Liam Sheedy said after the, the Cork game, he said that he's conscious of the fact that this is the third week on the trot. So he's going to... He hinted that he will freshen up the team again, so there will be more changes. Now, you also have to remember, of course, that county panels, they haven't been back that long. They've, they've only been training for a matter of weeks. Normally, they would have a long lead in a much longer pre-season. Yeah. So he's going to have to, to shuffle the pack... See what he has at his disposal, and bring players in. He, obviously, he doesn't want players picking up any unnecessary injuries either at this time of the year before the serious business of the championship starts. Hmm. Then you have the question of Galway, of course. I mean, yeah. they've looked a pretty serious team from what we've seen so far, and they had a big win over Westmead in their opening game. That's that's something that you would fully expect anyway. But I think the game against Limerick last week, last weekend in Salt Hill, that was a really that was a real statement from the from the tribesmen. I, I think that they won by six points, and I think that was, I think that was goal Our Limerick's first defeat in a competitive game in twenty-one months. Yeah, two
4: thousand nineteen, so, I think it was. Yeah, summer. So yeah, it's so, a long time.
1: So that's that's saying something. And during the course of the game, they lost. David Burke, who has been a very influential player for them. But it still didn't derail them. They they got Evan Nyland, similar to Jason Ford. He he, he was remarkable really from place balls. I think he scored 14 points from freeze. So whether this weekend's game will, will boil down to a shootout between the free takers, Evan Nyland and, and and Jason Ford remains to be seen. But they, they were good well balanced team Galway have. That Joe Canning came on as a sub from. Uh, Connor Whelan is also a very, a very dangerous player there in attack. They have some fine players in defence as well. When you consider that they have Garrod McInerney and Adrian Tuohy at their disposal. Yeah, so. I th- I think it will be it will be a real struggle for Tip If they're going to win this game on Saturday evening, or Saturday yeah. afternoon rather. Yeah,
4: for sure. Like can it's kind of one if you can get over Galway, kind of say or at like draws a Cork Limerick the Limerick wasn't too bad the first day maybe the Cork the game we could have won but if you can get past if you can get a win against Galway it really will bring positivity around you know the public as well for sure um especially when we seen Limerick get beaten there the weekend you know so it is hopeful anyway and we're back on the home patch here in yeah so it is but the air the game half one again it's kind of a strange old time isn't it Eamon?
1: it is indeed yeah it's um... Saturday you know it's. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to be up and wide awake, and to get their preparation ready, and to get focused for the game. It is a strange time, as you say, but these are strange times we're living in, I suppose. So, exactly. um, yeah, we just have to. The, the team will just have to be to be finely tuned for that for that early start.
4: And you know, just their kind of to the footballers there. Um, the headline there in nationals that kind of stood out with me was a call from Dave Power: "You cannot fall asleep at this level." Um relation to the second half when we can see that one three there and it was that kind of lost form in the end losing by four points you'd say um it, was it you know it is or two points well sorry in the end we lost by um so I think is power right and that kind of why he said it was that was where the game was lost for the footballers.
1: It probably was yeah as he as he refers to probably just that lapse of concentration that cost them. Mm. Now it must be remembered too that they went into the game with depleted forces if you like. Yeah,
4: they're missing big names, yeah, even correct.
1: Missing some players. You had the likes of Michael Quinn was out through injury and their settled half back line from last year. Robbie Kiley, Kevin Fahey, Bill Maher. all those players were absent. And they had more bad news about Robbie Kiley, whose hamstring injury is going to rule him out for the for the year. So that's not good.
4: That's not now, good.
1: you must also remember that they ha- they have other absentees as well uh, from last year's Championship team, last year's team that, of course, blazed the trail through the Monster Championship. Liam Casey, the care player, he's away for the year travelling. He was supposed to go last year, but COVID prevented him. So he's away this year. And Colin O'Reardon, of course, is back in Australia. Yeah. So they're missing those as well. So they're up against it already after one game. I mean, their two remaining games are against Wicklow and Offaly. And I think David Power has, has said this weekend's game against Wicklow is a must-win game if, they, if they're if they looking at getting promotion from Division 3. So, as I say, they're up against it, but still, at the same time, there's there's great experience, there's great ability within that team. And I think they, that they can get off the mark this weekend against Wicklow.
4: Yeah, they'll have to kind of, players will have to step in and play if them lads are missing, or their marquee names are missing there. Like, if any team is missing them lads... But then you say we have ability that can step in, and you fancy a home game against Wicklow It's a good game to be able to get back on the train again after this point in game there at the weekend.
1: It is, as you say, and and again, like the hurlers, the footballers will have home advantage. A later start, of course, for them. But I think the throw-in is at half past four. Yeah, four but five, yeah, yeah you, you would fancy them to collect the, the points this weekend.
4: Good stuff, and just kind of an an overview there. Um. What just related to one kind of thing—the talk point the weekend—just related to kind of a lot of the frees and games, the advantage rules in hurling. Is the game kind of changed this year? I know it's been changed last number of years, but do you see yourself, Am? Kind of from looking at it, it's not flowing like it should.
1: It's not. I mean, the biggest—the biggest point for me has been—I don't know what you call it—a change, but the different interpretation of the advantage rule. Mm. Before you had players who were being obviously fouled, they might break away from a situation and it would obviously benefit their team more to play the advantage. But now the referees seem to be calling freeze a lot earlier and I think this is slightly disrupting the the flow of the game, the rhythm of the game. Obviously, you want to see clear and obvious fouls punished, especially where... The, the team who has a player in possession is not gaining an obvious advantage. But at the same time, I still feel there is scope for more advantage to be played by referees. Again, it's early days in, in, in the league. It's, it's early days for this, <clears throat> excuse me, slightly different interpretation maybe of the advantage rule. So hopefully that, that will play out um, in, the next, in, the, in, in the next few weeks and months.
4: And do you think the kind of tackle is a bit gone in the game in such a way of how do you tackle? Is, what's the correct tackle? Like I know at the weekend there people are going out, so I can't tackle anymore now. It's a free like. Is the physicality, the strength, a bit gone there as well, or what way do you see it, in? Possibly.
1: There's two ways of looking at it. You, you, you could say that, that that you know some people I think at the weekend were comparing it to the game to soccer
4: we're far, far from soccer
1: yeah. I think so yeah yeah. but at the same time as I mentioned earlier you want to see clear and obvious fouls punished as well
4: right, yeah.
1: and I know some counties down the years have been of the opinion oh let the game flow uh, don't be blowing it up this is the hurling that we love but that doesn't always suit every team especially if a team is on the receiving end of, of constant fouling and there's nothing being done about it mm. I mean, that has to be punished.
4: Yeah, correct. Yeah, and, and then, but then you I want to see a punish, but then you want to see if you're getting fouled, running through the middle of the field, and the break is on, that the is played, not blown black, and the hands are kind of looking, oh, ref, come on, it's true. You know, the That's breakaway, true. the breakaway has kind of gone a bit from what the last two weekends I saw anyway, First person I thought, the breakaway, like the midfield, bust forward, half-back, and busting forward. The overlap, because you create an overlap, that seems to be gone, the ref is just blowing the free in. Like we're starting to freeze over. That's no problem with Ford hitting them, but you'd rather be getting the overlap and getting the goal, sticking the ball in the back of the net, to be honest. So I think, I mean, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, to be fair, there's probably a balance to be struck between it. And hopefully that balance will be achieved as the season progresses. But as you say, you don't want to see games either developing into shootout between two free takers and games ending up without goals. Because I mean goals are are part of the great spectacle that is that is hurling.
4: And you make the headlines easy to write for yourselves as well. If there's a few goals scored and not course. to talk about frees, you know, it is again yeah. again there was a forward as the main talking point, which is rightly observed deserved it, but you know you'd rather if you could talk about both scoring a hat trick and these ads, you know.
1: That's that's true. Yeah. as you say, free taking it's a great skill in itself, <clears throat> excuse me. And a very important part of the game to have a good free taker, but you can't, you can't beat a good, good flowing game that has, that has goals, points from play, and and is is a wonderful spectacle. But as I say, clear and obvious fouls do need to be to be called as well by referees. So in all of this, there is a big focus on referees and their performance. I suppose it's impossible to please for a referee to please everybody. Yeah. So, you know, we just wish them well in their interpretation of the rules, I suppose.
4: <laughs> but if we all get interpretations. That's the problem. We don't, no one seems to know it. So I
1: know, yes. We
4: know we don't. And sure, the refs are only doing what they're told and cause like everything. Um, and just kind of final name, I mean, is that necessary kind of this week to kind of struck you in the GAC and in the Tipperary or even in the wider community nationally?
1: Well, ju- just if we could focus on the Camogie and ladies' football yeah. as well, I think. Yeah. That's important. are uh, two we've two Camogie teams competing in the National League this year. You have the Seniors in Division One and the Intermediates in the Second Division, and the they were both beaten by Cork, but they've a, a chance to make amends this weekend. The the Seniors, the Division One team, are playing Watford in Clonmel, and the Intermediates are heading to Athenry to play Galway. Now it's been some time since Clonmel hosted a major Camogie fixture. Uh, In normal times, this would be quite a novelty for for supporters to get out and have a look and to to cheer on the team. Unfortunately, they can't can't do it on this occasion, but hopefully once they have made the journey to Clonmel this weekend, that the the Camogie team will come back at some stage in the the not-too-distant future. Now, our, our ladies football team, they begin their league campaign uh, this weekend also. Uh, on Friday night, they're away to Cork in Porky Kild. Yep. That's a game that's that's actually live on TG Carr. Oh, very good. So that's a good. That'll be a good one to tune into. And it's the first game for the new manager Declan Carr and the new captain, uh, Aisling, Aisling Maloney. Aisling took over from Samantha Lambert, who retired earlier this year.
4: And I think a well-deserved captain as well for
1: She sure she is. is. She's, she's a fantastic notes. player. Yeah, oh, she's a fantastic one. player and a great leader. So as well as the hurlers and footballers, we'll also be keeping a close eye on the on the Komogi and ladies' football teams this this weekend.
4: Very good. Because kind of talked to a club mate of mine, um, Keen Trace, the manager and the intermediate teams, they kind of last week up in the field, and he, he wasn't sure what to expect to this first weekend out. He didn't know he kind of you're going in with. Of a new bunch of players, new manager kind of didn't know what to come out and he said he wanted to kind of wanted the performance more than the kind of adult I thought from a way talking and he can get back on the horse again this weekend for sure.
1: Yes, yeah, and and you know it's it's good that we're competing with two teams and the, and the, that the intermediates are back. I think they missed out last year because of COVID. So for the development of the game and, and from the player participation point of view, it's important to have those two teams in action.
4: Yeah, and Keane Tracy mentioned that there during the week as well. He said one thing he said was that it's good to players, to complain to me, and he has no problem with players going up to senior panel then if he loses players, so what? It's a stepping stone for him playing at that level. It's great. We have it in Tipperary.
1: It, it is. I think that that was a point that Liam Cattle actually made when he was manager of the tip under 20 and under 21 mm-hmm. teams. He, his, his point was that he was preparing future Tipperary hurlers. And that's a very, a very good and a very holistic uh, way of looking at it, if you like, a very rounded way that, that these managers they look on their teams as being part of the conveyor belt. Okay, they want they want to achieve success in themselves, but it's all about, about developing players for the future as well.
4: Correct. Yeah, and like we have, and with the club scene in Tidcombe, scene is very vibrant in Tipperary. In the past number of years, it's gone. I don't mean, just speaking from my own point doing view but we're seen to be gone up and up every year, and other clubs around. Even it's not good for games last year, before now, because are about more, and the level is just it's gone. It's, just gone. it's gone their fitness, the skill level. Like you know, some trying some of the Cogga players can make male teams around the country. To be honest, you know, they yes. Karen Kendi and then we put her in a quarter centre far we could. To be honest, I say.
1: Right. Yes, yeah, yeah.
4: So you'll be the hope for the two wins in the Koga this weekend, then, would you?
1: Sorry, repeat it, that, Sean.
4: Would you be, be hopeful for two wins in the Camogie this weekend?
1: You'd yeah, be awful, definitely. Yeah, um, I think tip these the B Waterford in the All Ireland Quarter Final last year. Mm. So with home advantage, hopefully they can repeat that. I suppose the intermediates is a bit more of an unknown quantity as to how strong they will be and how strong Galway will be, and mm. having to make the journey to Athenry as well might not be the, the easiest of tasks, but we wish both teams very well, of course, this weekend.
4: Very good, Aim. Any kind of final more comments there on this week's send any kind of main headlines this week in the National Sport kind of section might kind of stand out there to sort at least let's go out and get in and get in front of them, reading it first hand. Uh, sports
1: wise just we have uh, we have a very talented roar here in in Tom Daryl Lynch is his name. He's been training very hard for the last the last while to try and achieve Olympic qualification. He was actually a double European champion last year in in, in the double skulls, along with Ronan Byrne from Cork. But unfortunately, he just missed out on, on the qualification for the, the 2020 Olympics. He was in action last weekend in Lucerne in Switzerland. And he was a half a second behind... The third place finisher, he finished fourth. So it was very disappointing for Dara, but he's young enough that he will, I'm sure he will enjoy many more victories on the national and international stage. And who's to say that he won't be competing in Paris in 2024?
4: Very good. It's a name, so we can our listeners can keep an ear out for a new set. Paris 2024. is not too far away now.
1: That's true, yes, yeah, especially with the postponement of the Olympic Games last year. It, it'll come around pretty quickly, I'm sure.
4: Very good. Very mm-hmm. good. Great stuff, Ian. So, and thanks for chatting to us today, and we are sure to talk to you again in the future. Thanks, Will and Eamon.
0: You're
1: very welcome, Sean.
2: A great review of The Nationalist there by Sean and Eamon. And don't forget to buy your local papers, and we compliment the tremendous work being done by the journalists of the Star Gergen and The Nationalist. Next up, Marissa speaks to former Tipperary hurler, former Go- Offley and Galway senior hurling manager and journalist with the Connacht Tribune, John McIntyre.
5: So, another big weekend in the Allianz Hurling League coming up with Tipperary welcoming Galway to Thurless on Saturday. Uh, Tipperary, obviously, still after their first win in the competition. That match throws in at half one. And joining us to preview the game is Sports Editor at the Connacht Tribune and former Galway manager, John McIntyre, who is, of course, also a Luron native. So you're very welcome to the show, John. Hello, Marisa. Thanks a for joining us. And I suppose before we look to Tip v Galway, we have to go back and and look at the Galway win over Limerick. It was quite a significant win, 26 points to 117 in Galway's favour. Aside from all the controversies about frees and rules and post-match comments, what will Shane O'Neill and his side have taken from that win?
6: Well, I think they'll take a lot of confidence and a lot of belief. And they've backed up the widespread opinion that's out there that Galway are the main challengers to Limerick. Uh, They're the one team that has the physical power uh, to stand up to them. And uh, they have some very talented players. I mean, for instance, Cahill Mannion, He's arguably the best hurler in the country at the moment. Um, I know they were only playing Westmead a couple of weeks ago, but he just flowed through that game at his ease. He was outstanding. I remember a couple of years ago when Kilkenny lost her first home game in the Championship in Nolan Park for, God, five or six decades, and they they couldn't handle Cahill Mannion at all. And since he's moved out to midfield, I think he's given Galway a, a, a new dimension. And we must bear in mind going back to last year's All Ireland semi-final, Marisa. Um, Carl Mannion was injured uh, before half time in that match. The teams were level after seventy-five minutes. Now I know on, on the balance of play, Limerick deserved him. They got a bit goal hungry during the game, and they were the ones to come up with the three match-winning points. So Galway weren't that far away. And even in the previous the All Ireland final of two thousand eighteen, Galway did a lot of things wrong. Uh, coughed up sort of goals that were avoidable, made a late charge or only beaten a pint, So they've never been too far away from Limerick. And going into last Sunday's game, they had lost four times in a row to them. So from their perspective, it was important to lay down a marker to stop the rush. And I felt they invested more in the match uh, than, than Limerick. Notwithstanding the fact that Limerick brought on Tom Morrissey and Aaron Galan and obviously, we're all familiar with John Kiley's post-match um, analysis and his accusations uh, against Galway of, of faking of faking it in terms of trying to engineer a freeze. And in fairness to John, I think after f- 24 hours, he realized he made a mistake and he subsequently apologized. But Galway in a good place. And... Um, as you know, Marisa, their recent record against Tip is quite impressive. They've won three of their last four championship clashes, albeit by narrow margins. They've won their last two league meetings, including at Stadium last year, where Tip, you know, looked to be in a good position in the first half. And of course, there was that nightmare 2017 league final in the Gaelic grounds where, where Galway just ran riot against Tip.
5: You mentioned there that, that Galway have lost their last four encounters with Limerick and given that Limerick haven't lost a game since 2019, since that semi-final against Kilkenny, Mm. how mentally significant is it for Galway to be the ones to to finally put an end to that winning streak?
6: Yeah, I I wouldn't um, try and diminish it whatsoever. Um, As you know, over the years, I mean, Galway have been the great hurling enigma you know winning under 21 and minor titles you know you know fairly regularly and yet since 1988 they've only collected the Liam McCarthy once so especially to outsiders Galway's failure to 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 win more Ireland senior hurling titles ha- has been baffling and you know they've lost a lot of finals uh, you know since 1988 and uh, but you know the breakthrough in 2017 uh, was an important uh, moment in, in Galway's hurling history. I know they didn't retain the title the following year, but they still got to the final. Now they had a, a, a shambolic um, sort of a Leinster Championship in 2019, which possibly led to Michal uh, you know, departure. Uh, uh, it was kind of a freak set of events. They drew. They were beaten by Dublin up in Parnell Park, and the only result that could put them out was a draw in Wexford Park between Kilkenny and Wexford, and that's what exactly happened. So, I mean, even though Galway went over the championship the earliest since nineteen sixty-three, it probably wasn't a fair reflection though. The the, the missed out and scoring difference, there's an element of freak about it, but they've regrouped, they've a limerick in charge. Um, you know, Galway had a Big win over Wexford last year's Leinster semi final. I thought there were nearly certainties to overcome Kilkenny in the Leinster final. There were five points up going into the final quarter, looked, looked home and hosed. And Kilkenny got goals from TJ Reid and Richie Hogan, and suddenly God, we were beaten. But what I liked about them, Marisa, was the following weekend, you know, they came out against Tipperary in the Gaelic grounds. Now, it was a match that could have gone any Either way, and it looks as though it could go either way until Kyle Burris was sent off. I think that was a seminal moment of the game, and then you had Aiden Hart coming up from the cornerback. But your cornerbacks and wingbacks—they're popping up everywhere. So Galway showed a bit of battle and a bit of character that day. I know they were subsequently beaten by by Limerick, but I think in in the over the past four or five months, when nobody's been doing group training, I think Galway relies. Hold on here—we're we're, we're still we're still up there. And I think they needed to confirm that last last Sunday in Pierce Stadium, and they did. I thought they were quite comfortable winners on the day. And bearing in mind that Dahi Burke hasn't featured in their two league games so far, they didn't start Shane Cooney, who's more or less their regular centre-back, and uh, David Burke went off injured at half time. Now he's is, a, I believe, a, a hamstring strain, which will probably rule him out of the match uh, on on Saturday against Tipperary. But you know they have a lot of talent. The rest of They rested at Hart last weekend. They didn't start Connor Cooney either, and uh, Joe Canning only came on with in, in the last fifteen minutes and and was mad for all, as as people could see who were watching the game on television. So I think mentally and physically, Gal are in a good place. And I don't know what they were doing in the off-season, but you'd never think they hadn't trained as a group for four months. But then you could say the same about the carry football. I suppose when a team wins, everything looks good.
5: Yeah, I suppose that's always the way. You mentioned mm-hmm. there that uh, Joe Canning came off the bench and, and he seemed to be operating at, at midfield for that last quarter. Do you think that's something we might see more of going forward or is this just an experiment for the league, do you think?
6: I think it's something that... Um, Galway will look at again. Um, Obviously, Joe doesn't have the mobility that he once had. And bear in mind, Joe Canning played for the Galway Hurlers in in the Championship in 2008. Remember, he had a terrific match against Cork uh, in Turles. And uh, that was in Gerald Nance's time. And then I was Galway manager from 2009 to 2011. Uh, And Joe was still quite young then. And, you know, he's still around. And I think when you mature as a player, when you're advancing in years, the last thing you want is to be surrounded by traffic. And if Joe has an orthodox position in the forward line, not saying there's any position orthodox anymore in the forward line because players have a license to throw him, but around that midfield area, Joe has so much, he's such a bad experience that I think he'll drift into space, he'll ghost into space as we all know, Joe Canning being left on mark 60, 70, 80 yards out from the opposition post I mean, he's a massive threat. So Galway have an incredible range of options. And I think they're, they're developing a deeper panel than you'd normally associate with them. And um, I think because of established momentum, Marisa, um, obviously nobody's going to get carried away by what they did to Westmead. But... I just thought it was still, I just thought their hurling was very crisp and very sharp. Their movement was excellent. And um, I think now that they've got on a bit of a run, um, they, won't want to, they won't want to be beaten by Tipperary on Saturday. Uh, although having said that, I think it's more important for Tipperary to beat Galway on Saturday than the other way around.
5: Yeah, just looking at the Galway team there, would you expect Joe to start this weekend? And, and if he does, would you have him on the freeze or would you keep Evan Nyland on the freeze, given how significant freeze have, are becoming in this in this competition?
6: Yeah, that's a good question. I think you may put that to Shane O'Neill, um, but uh, young Nyland has... Um, has been exceptional. Uh, I, I think he scored ten or eleven frees against Westmead. Thirteen the last day, from a variety of distances and angles. I think he might have missed two or three over the two games. And uh, he's a neat hurler. Uh, whether he has the physicality to survive come to come to championship, nobody knows. But um, he is one of these very talented Galway young lads uh, who have come up through the underage ranks. And it's a great option for Galway to have on the freeze. And it might just take some of the responsibility off Joe's shoulders as well. But Joe has been an exceptional uh place ball merchant for Galway down through the years. And you know, um, you go back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final, I mean, to score four points from sideline cuts is just phenomenal. I mean, there's players out there who haven't scored. A sideline cut in their lifetime, but he scored four in the one game. So he he has all the talents, and um, he still is critical to what Galway do or don't achieve uh, come two thousand, come the summer of this year.
5: As you mentioned there, it's 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 more important probably for Tipperary to get the win this weekend than mm. for Galway. I don't know if you saw the Cork game, but you know I a lot actually, of. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things I was crying watching
6: it. I, oh God, those Cork short book outs. But I, I, I think um, the style of hurling that was played and I would blame Cork more than Tip because Tip had to respond mm-hmm. to what Cork were doing. But And you know what Cork are at. They're, they're, they don't want to go long. Um, they're retaining possession. They're playing through the lines. They're trying to create overlaps, trying to become more of a goal scoring team. And, you know, they got five against Waterford, they got two against... See, the second one they got against against Tip came from a long puck out in, in the second half. And it was forced upon them because Tipperary were were making turnovers. And, unfortunately, Tipperary's radar was off on the, on the evening. I think they had 17 wides in total. And for them still to draw the match, I thought it was a fair achievement. Now, Go back to previous week, I think Tip would have been disappointed that they didn't close out the game against Limerick when they were leading 19 points to 14. Uh, but last Saturday, for a lot of the second half, it looked as though Cork were, were going to get over the line. And ultimately, you know, Kyle Barrett came off from cornerback, got a rousing pint, and Jason Ford hit a, hit a free from just outside his own 45-metre line to, to, to draw it. So Tipperary, I suppose, have, have mixed emotions from, from their, both their matches in the league so far. They could have lost one. They could have won one. But they're not beaten yet. Now, they haven't won yet. And um, I think the Tipperary management are trying to blend in a couple of newcomers. The jury is out on how how strong they, they will be and will they survive in the championship. They're still going to be heavily reliant on, on that cohort of players who were you know, who ended to prairies, you know, all Ireland title famine in 2010, I think, Brendan Maher and, 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 Park Maher and, and um, Noel McGrath and, and Bonner is still there as well. My own, our own club in Laura. And, um, you know, Seamus Callan uh, probably won't be involved this weekend. I think his back is, is still troubling him. And, um, you know, the, the need, the likes of John McGrath now and, and Bubbles, um, who had a very in injury interrupted, year last year um, you know to, to become leaders of that team and um, I think Tipperary are going to relish this back. Uh, but I believe that uh, if they're beaten on Saturday I do think it's, it's, it's a setback given the championship is coming, is coming so close you know
5: Would you be concerned about their, their lack of goal scoring opportunities in their past two games? Jake Morris had a half chance against Limerick and no real, no real sight of a goal against Cork. Is that something that, that the management management will be looking at? Well,
6: naturally. I mean, but we've seen over the past four or five years. I think Galway won All Ireland in two thousand and seventeen with barely scoring a goal. Um, Limerick didn't score a goal in last year's semi final. Didn't score a goal in last year's All Ireland final. So you can go the whole way without finding the net. Obviously. Tipperary will would like to be, um, you know, more threatening uh, at the at the in the in their opponents' end of the field, um, but they are sort of utilizing a sweeper at, at 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 the moment, and that means they're understaffed near the opposition post, which makes it very difficult to score goals. Now, Jake Morris did have a good chance against Limerick. And I think on reflection, he's probably, sorry, he didn't dip the shoulder, take on the, the, the last man standing and carry the ball in. Um, but um, no, it's it, I think it's a fascinating game. And, and it's, it's just so sad, really, that we, we don't have any supporters there. And I mean, we have crowds everywhere now, Marisa. We have crowds in supermarkets. We have crowds in parks. Um, we've crowds on beaches when when the Irish weather plays ball with us but we've no people at matches and it's supposed to be outdoors and i do feel in general the ga the irfu the fai horse racing ireland that they should be putting more pressure on the government to to get fans back through the turnstiles um touchwood uh we've we've nearly broken covid-19 in this country subject to maybe the indian variant not being immune to the vaccine or something like that I just think we've been extremely cautious all along and I think there's an obligation on the sporting bodies to you know to to stand their ground a bit stronger in relation to this because um, ultimately the longer the fans stay away from from the sporting venues the more money it's costing those organizations and the more money it's going to cost the government to to subsidize the GA and the IRFU and the FAI so it's a bit of a two-edged kind, two-edged sword here, and I think it it will be mutually beneficial. I mean, they're talking about not having trials for crowds until early July, and I just cannot understand understand that. But I just feel the sporting organize, organization organizations should be doing a lot more lobbying. I'm sure they're doing it privately, but when you see what's happening across the water, thousands of fans at soccer matches and at race meetings, I I, I just think we're behind the curve here, and unless you're agitating for something, the you know, you, you've got to create the environment where something like this is going to happen sooner than later, because at the moment, and I've been at a lot of matches over the past twelve months because of my profession, uh, but it's it's so lacking in everything that you associate with big big matches and big sporting events.
5: Yeah, I think a lot. Sorry, of people...
6: I, I wandered off there on a tangent, but there you go.
5: <laughs> no worries. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that point. But going back to the tip Cork game, if you look at the tip defence, they were cut wide open for uh, by Robbie O'Flynn for, for Cork's first goal. And then after that, every time the Cork ran at them, they still looked a bit nervy and outpaced. Do you think that's just down to a lack of pre-season you know, tra- um, training or is this something that the, the management will have to look at going forward?
6: Yeah, well, Cork were, you know, had a very deliberate game plan and we spoke about it earlier, you know, hard running, uh, retaining possession, creating the overlap and they are quite good at it and they stuck to their game plan by and large, even when they were being turned over and as, you know, Tip had the opportunity to punish them more, but they they're, they're they hit too many wides in the evening. And um, yes, of course, it's a concern that that Cork were were able to create so, so many opportunities on the evening. Um, but I thought Tipperary's backline scrambled well, um, and as you said yourself, Marisa, I mean, it's only their second game since last when last November, is it? So, like, you can't be expecting miracles. And I think also that. And this is the one little concern i have have with Galway is that they've hit the ground running so fast that are they going to be able to maintain that peak for six and eight weeks' time? Whereas Tipperary may be more gradually getting their house in order, sorting out their best team. I mean, ultimately, nobody knows until we see how, how the championship evolves. I mean, Tipperary are going to be one of the main contenders for, for the championship. No matter what happens, they have a hard core of experience. Uh, there's some very talented players, and they present a different challenge for Galway now than Limerick did last Saturday. Limerick's game is about physique and power. Very, they're more hurl, they're more hurling artists. Uh, they're very wristy, um, you know, very good stickmen. Uh, they make the ball work for them. Whereas Limerick are are kind of. Making the ball work for them, but a lot of that is is down to their physical bulk and strength, and their kind of powering teams out of their way. Whereas Tipperary kind of more inclined to hurl teams out of their way, and uh, like they have some very very talented stick men. And um, Galway and Tipperary have been tremendous rival, rival rivals, um, you know, since the late eighties. And but at the moment. I have a bit of an Indian sign on Tipperary, and putting on my Tipperary hat, uh, I'd like to see Tipperary breaking that cycle of defeats on Saturday. Uh, I, I think it would be a fabulous result for them in the context of the championship, and I think it would reinforce management's sort of confidence that they're on the right track with the group of players that they have.
5: Yeah, looking ahead to this weekend, I mean against. Cork Liam Sheedy brought in the likes of of Noel McGrath, John McGrath, Bubbles, uh, Porik Maher. Well, that was more of a force change with, with the injury to Brian Amara the week before. But you know, you touched on it earlier. Or do you think we'll see? Can, do you think he'll continue with with that old guard, or will we see um, more of the young fellows coming in this week? The likes of maybe Dylan Quirker and, and those type of fellows get a get a start. Yeah,
6: he he has to bludge. A few players, regardless of how well, as you've described them, the old guard are going. And I still think Tip are going to need those guys that were there in two thousand and ten. I mean, they're they're they've been magnificent servants for Tipperary hurling. Uh, they're great ambassadors for the game. Um, I think they're all, you know, respected and pop and popular outside the county's borders. And um, you know, I think what Liam Sheedy and and the rest of the management team would love if they found even two players uh, who made the breakthrough at championship level this year, because you do need you do need fresh legs um, and you you do need new blood, and um, it's very hard to keep coming back to the world with the same group of players year in year out, and um, people get excited about a young lad making it at, at senior level in his debut season. And um, it, it it adds to the intrigue of it all. So I think that Tipperary will, will still be going down the trial and error route uh, for the rest of the league. And, um, you know, the, their game against Westmead will be a formality. And um, but they'd like to put a big win on the board ahead of the championship. And Saturday in Turles presents that opportunity. And I, I, I see no reason for Tipperary not having a right go at this.
5: Yeah, and, you know, John Keenan from from Wicklow is, is the man in the middle this weekend. And given the amount of talk and the amount of grumbling that's been going on about refereeing, you know, these past two weeks, do you think there's more pressure on them this weekend? Do you think they'll approach the game differently as perhaps they would have at the start of this competition?
6: Oh, it's a factor. Uh, but I just wonder is the hullabaloo about the freeze. I mean, uh, I was reading, I think, in, in, in the Irish Independent during the week where the actual stats show that actually there's not that many more freeze being, being awarded compared to previous years. The, I think the problem really is, and it's it's, is that so many of them are being scored. Um, I mean, back in my day, I remember, you know, if a player scored a free from inside his own half, we'd nearly view it as American, you a miracle. you saw Jason... with the
5: Schlitters so do you think?
6: <laughs> yeah, but we saw we saw Jason Ford last Saturday night, a uh, uh, pressure free to draw the game just outside the 45-metre line in his own half the field. And he put the ball 20 yards over the bar. Joe Canning was on the 45-metre line in Pierce Stadium, drove the ball straight over the bar. I know players are physically stronger and fitter than they ever have been, but I think the G are going to have to look at the weight of the ball because they're going to have to... It's like golf courses at the moment. They're they're no longer bomb-proof to the long hitters. And I'd hate to see a situation in the GA where potentially a goalkeeper is scoring points from bookouts, but that's the way it's headed. Uh, but I do think the grumbling about the, 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 the amount of frees is that there are frees being scored now from teams on half of the field that were never scored before. And I think, you know, okay, there was all but now it's happening so regularly. And I I, I think that's that's colouring the the, the 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 situation somewhat but i do expect Maurice, as, as the league goes on freeze that have been awarded up to now some of them won't won't be blown for and that has been the trend over the years and i feel sorry for referees their caseload on match day now is staggering i mean never mind keeping account of the scores and, and, and all the rest and the routine the routine stuff i mean you know this this new penalty thing, for instance. I mean, to make a, a split second decision on whether this was a, a goal scoring opportunity or not, and I mean everybody then that argues with or against the referee subsequently to have the benefit of hindsight.
5: Yeah, and um, just to 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 wrap up the conversation, then we you know you mentioned before the Tipperary's recent record against Galway, but when you you know go back to 15 16 17 when there was only a point between them in the championship games you know it it really felt like Galway and and Tipperary always brought it to another level and and they were some Mm. of the most exciting games in those championships do you think that edge is gone is is the rivalry dimmed somewhat nowadays Is, is Galway Limerick nearly a more exciting rivalry since 2018 than than Galway Tip
6: I'm not sure about that to be honest um like you go back to last year's uh, quarter final in Limerick, uh, Tipperary and Galway served up, uh, uh, I thought, a very good game. It, it it was just difficult to judge how good it was when there was no crowd there and no atmosphere. And I remember when I was Galway manager, I think my second year in charge, we played Tip in in an Ireland quarter final, and it was another tr- tremendous game, and Tip came out with a one point victory. And I know Galway have the better record over the past four or five years. But those three, cha- three championship games, the one that could have just as easily went Tipperary's way. And the, the one that Tipperary one could have gone Galway's way. It's just that Galway just have, and it's nearly against the grain for a Galway team, but they seem to be winning the tight games against Tipperary more often than they're losing them. And, um, like, look at whatever the outcome is on Saturday, unless Tipperary suffer a heavy defeat, if they're beaten and they put up a respect, it will show they'll move on and they'll move on quickly. It's certainly not going to be the be-all and end-all of the season. I think a lot will depend on what teams both managements pick. Uh, if Galway come down fully loaded with their uh, uh, as many available players to have and Tipperary do likewise, well, then the stakes are even higher. But if one of the teams are both of mix and match, well, then we have to have a question mark about the result even before the ball is thrown in. But I do think that, you know, looking from the outside in, that um, I think it's a game the tip need to win.
5: Yeah, well, with our tip hats on, hopefully they will do. And uh, we'll be having a much (laughs) brighter conversation next week. Yes. John McIntyre, Sports Editor at the Connacht Tribune. Thanks a million for joining us on the Premier View today.
2: Okay, so, Marissa, you were just talking to John McIntyre there, but uh, if we just look back to last weekend, um, Tip, uh, they drew with Cork, um, probably, I suppose, lucky enough in the end. But uh, overall, I think a decent performance out of of Tip, would you agree?
5: Yeah, a decent performance. Um, You know, it it looked for a while there that we wouldn't even pull the draw. So, you know, Jason Ford, fair play to him, had... uh, I had the, the courage to stand up and, and and take that free monster of a shot um, a lot to work on, you know, 17 wides, obviously is, is the thing that stands out most. Uh, Again, no goal, no real goal chances created, but, you know, tip showed a lot more hunger, I think, than they did at times against Limerick. Um, you know, they pushed up on, on the short bookouts outs and, and managed to, to win a few turnovers. Uh, you know, not much you can do in terms of, of, Free count these days with, with the way things are going, but overall positive signs and pl- but plenty to work on ahead of this weekend.
2: Yeah, Sean and Marissa just mentioned there we hit 17 wides, the forwards don't seem to be be clicking at all. Uh, like, uh, I mean, if, if you look at it, the, the full back line scored more from play than the full forward line. Is that something we should be worried about, or is it just the, the league?
4: Yeah, and it's kind of something I mentioned with Amy earlier from Nashville, you know that when your backs are scoring and they're being pushed up the field to get points, like, kind of, what's going on in the forwards kind of situation, you have to say, but to be fair, like, the forwards may not score, but the work rate was there, and like, the, the, we got a draw at the end, like, to be honest, a pretty really better team in the second half, car kind of, just kept in tow with a few points here and there, but, it's just a scoring thing, like, if you can go out, <coughs> excuse me, if you go out Saturday and score, the forwards have scored three or four goals, I think it might kind of, just, keep that kind of tone down a bit, but you just need, like we'll take our back score all day long, but forwards meant to do that work, you know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, so we're we're playing uh, kind of a I won't say a sweeper, but certainly Jason Ford is playing very deep, and it's more like a two two man full forward line. Marissa, is that one of the reasons why we're not getting that those shots on goal, which I suppose we were renowned for. We were we were a goal scoring team, but like I mean I don't think we've had one I suppose half chance in two games now. What what can we do to improve that? Do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, we're we're not working it through the line as much as we were maybe in twenty nineteen. We're taking a lot of pot shots for, from far at the field. You know, Ronan Maher, I take, think took took three or four before he landed one. Um, and as you know, Sean said, when you when your backs are are creating more scoring chances than your forwards, it's something to work on. But you know, John McGrath looked lively at times. Jake was probably a little bit quiet compared to, to what we usually expect out of him but you that's where you need the likes of maybe Dan McCormack or Bonner Maher in there to to work and get the dirty ball I think that was lacking a bit against cork and um, so we need just someone up front creating those chances and that just wasn't there um last weekend
2: yeah uh, of the of the new guys I suppose Sean uh, Barry Hogan was in the goal Brian McGray was full back probably for the hour um or um, whatever way they were man marking in the full back line. But he was impressive enough, Brian McGrath again this week.
4: Yes, yeah, and he kind of went finished off kind of finished off, went down for he finished off against Limerick. You know, he kind of slowed start against there. But again, he's a player of no problem seeing him start against Saturday, that's for sure. Um you need these ads and he's able to and he's clever and he's, he's did I think he did plenty enough to serve another start to be fair. But if Liam has seen enough of him once kind of give other lads a go and thinks he might be an option for down the line, that's fair enough as well. Yeah,
2: Marissa, full, full back is probably a, a position we, we had spoke about previously as, as being one that it needed to fill. Ryan has played two games there. Do you think Sheedy will look at him again and leave him there and, and kind of make him make that position his own? Has he done enough to, to warrant that? Or is there somebody that should come in that we should look at?
5: I would like to see him stay there now. You know, the league is is your chance to to kind of bring these lads in and, and have that option then for championship. I think he's, as Sean said, I think he's done enough to, to warrant his place in in that full back line, especially for the league. Um Galway will be an entirely different test. You know, Kyle Mangin is flying at midfield. You have you have um, you've Conor Whelan up front. You know, and it, you know there, that's going to be the real test more so than than Limerick or Cork provided. I think so. I'd like to see him stay there for this weekend and and see what happens.
2: Yeah, Sean. Anyone else that we that we should be looking at now? I mean, Jason Ford has probably shown enough over the the two games that he, that he's a, a nailed-on starter. I mean, he's free-taking, is impeccable over the last two days. Um, I, I I'd I'd like to see him probably Dylan Quirk maybe get a start. Paddy Cadell yeah, yeah. came on came Paddy on Paddy there
4: Paddy, again. Names I miss Owen Connolly as well. There's a few lads that we mentioned around a few weeks ago on a podcast like Cadell, Connolly, Quirk, Quigley, from even just kind of. To see where they're at, like, you know, you'd, you'd know very soon against like so Galway that these lads are up to, to be honest, even half an hour, half an hour against team like Galway with a impressive win over Limerick will show a lot of these as characters as well.
2: Yeah, Cahill Barrett, um, I suppose Cahill Barrett and Barry Heffernan, you know, as we said, they both scored at the weekend, um, but uh, for me, Barrett was probably our best player, even though I think Barry Heffernan got in the GA team of the... The week, but I've been very impressed with Barrett over the two games. His head really seems to be screwed on Marseille in in, in those games.
5: Yeah, absolutely, I'd agree with you there. And but you know, you'd also wonder are we becoming over reliant on him. You know, he's he's always the last man back, it seems, and kind of covering up when you know defense was shaky a bit at times against Cork. You know, Robbie O'Flynn absolutely steamrolled through through the defense. It, before Cork's first goal and and you just wonder are we relying too much on the likes of Cahal Barrett and and Barry Heffernan Barry Heffernan pushed up a a good bit during the game and are we leaving too much open back then you know we're not going to get away with that against Galway as as Sean said so it'll be interesting to see if there are any changes in the defence this weekend maybe it'd be good to take Cahal Barrett out for a game see where we are at without, without him
2: yeah, yeah, and he, I suppose he is a nailed on starter, so I, we're not losing anything by, by giving him a, a break this weekend. The Galway forwards, Sean, will, will, as Marissa said, they, they'll cause us a lot of hassle. Concannon, Niall Bork, Connor Whelan especially is, is going very well, and then Evan Nyland is... Um, He's he's a bit like Jason Ford. He's he's unerring from the freeze, and of course they brought on Joe Canning there at the weekend in the middle of the field. Um, so and he pulled a few strings for them. So they'll be a very tough ask this weekend.
4: Yeah, for sure. And our backs can't be pushing up as much as they did against against Clark as well. I feel leaving that space, we could get tattooed at the other end if the space is there. Like like we kind of complimented Brian McGrath, but if you lad on one running one on one with him, like in the open space mightn't might suit our kind of defending there for Brian especially. He likes to cover either side of him. So, like, she'll even know, like, the backs did push up against Cork and they worked with got scores. Cork in that second half weren't, they were kind of feeding our straps most of it. So, it helped us, but, God, we know we won't get that kind of same position with the backs on it.
2: Yeah, the the goalkeeping position as well. I, I saw Shane Brophy in the, in the gergin was saying about Barry Hogan and, and Brian Hogan. Do you think there's a change this week, Marissa? I probably asked the same question last again. But is there a is there a change coming? It, it, will, will Brian see time, or or is Shane Brophy right? If, if Barry Hogan starts for the third time, he, he he looks like the guy that's going to hold the number one shirt.
5: You're you're just trying to get me to show my Lara bias now, aren't you? We're well, <laughs> um, we're just
2: leading you down a path, Marissa. While we're we're seeing which way you take.
5: Well, look. I said last week that Barry Hogan would stay in goals, and I'm going to change it this week and say I think Brian will come back in, or maybe he should come back in just to give him a game. I think for for Tip, it's so important that we get a win this weekend. You know, draws are all well and good, but it, you can look at it two ways. We've been unbeaten so far, but if we lose next weekend, we've gone three wins without or three games without a win. So I think we just need maybe a cam head back there. Ryan has the experience from the last two championship seasons you know maybe it was a little bit of an experience now I'm not saying it was entirely his fault at all but I'm I'm just saying there might have been a bit of an experience for Cork's two goals last weekend so maybe we just need to calm head back then and just to to try and steer the ship a little bit and, and try and get over this Galway test.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a a, a tough one at the weekend. Uh, Sean, I don't know where you're watching that Galway-Limerick game. Uh, There was certainly a a bit of a niggle the whole way through and the comments out of the the Limerick manager after the game, uh, John Kiley, didn't go down too well in Galway, but I think have since been retracted. But is that a case of Kiley backtracking uh, from saying something that he shouldn't have? Or, or what's going on dude?
4: Sure. Comments don't go down too well in God, no matter what I Say tonight <laughs> so though, to be honest. Like, you know, um I think he's dead right to say, it, to be honest. You no, know, like there was he's probably overtopping some, but there was play acting. Like I mentioned earlier on, like the game, the advantage of the lads going through and they've falling over easily and free been given a of script blown play on So, But the problem is now they their PC brigade, they can't see anything. Once it goes into the media and the Twitter machine gets behind Kylie, he had to come out and say something. But we can say it all we want here, to be honest. But John yeah. Kylie can't.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, Kylie was certainly he was he was a bit um, put out by I suppose refereeing in, in general during the game, Marissa. He he, um, he commented I suppose on on the amount of freeze That is that a case of the referees are now um, applying the rules or. Are they being overly
5: harsh on Limerick? Do you think? I, I think they're being overly harsh across the board. It's not just on, on Limerick. I think was it was it? Matthew O'Hanlon got sent off at the weekend mm-hmm. for something that shouldn't even look like a yellow card. Um, f- whether the refs have been given a new directive or not, I don't know. But you know, John Kylie made the point that it's you know it's dismal to watch now. And if if you allowed people back into the stadiums right now, would they even want to spend the twenty quid to watch a match like that? It was so stop start across the weekend and all the games. So it's it's no, it's nothing against Limerick, it's nothing against Galway. You know, this is happening everywhere. I think there'll be a lot more pressure maybe on the referees this weekend because it's been such a topic of conversation. Uh I know John Keenan from from Wicklow is the man in the middle for for tipping Galway, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. Um personally I know these things always play out in the league and then maybe they calm down in championship and the games let flow a little bit more, but I think it's worrying signs and hopefully it, it won't continue in that same way.
4: Yeah, and just to kind of echo what Riss is saying there, Brian McDonald there on Twitter, his good endowed stats, with the GA Insights there, had a tweet there the other day. And last weekend in Hurling, we saw three of the top 10 games with the highest number of shots from freeze penalties over the past four years. So, West Waterford, West Mead. Leash Dublin and Galway Limerick in the top ten for the past four years have shot some freeze penalties. So like that sums up that there is something going on. Is is a case of the players don't know the rules or the refs don't know the rules. You have to kind of come out there and see. Yeah, but is is it a case of like
2: us fans, we always want um the freeze for our own team and we never see our, our the freeze going against us. Like Limerick in the All-Ireland final last year got twenty freeze. And they certainly weren't complaining about the amount of freeze they got that day. You know, so is it a is it is that the case that we always want the freeze going our way, but we never want them going against against us.
5: Well, this is the thing, like the in, in the in the tip court game, I think most of what the ref was blown for was either steps or a throw ball. And, you know, these are the great things if you get away with them and, and you're not you know, you're not saying anything about it, but when they go against you... It's absolute uproar. You know, it's it's very seldom you see a ref pulling for a throw ball now. So, in a way, it's refreshing to see that kind of thing. Um, I don't mind being pulled for steps and stuff like that. I I don't think that's an issue because you know it, it's it's clear and obvious. But it's for the little taps and stuff that that's taken the physicality out of the game. That's they're the areas that you'd like to see them kind of letting it flow a little bit more.
4: Yeah. yeah, it's the kind. It's the taps when the game could play with advantages. Play on, like you know, the break yeah. is on. The players still going. There's no need to go for the free. You know that them kind of ones that there are nine the eight moment. If honest, more than any of. Them. Yeah. So look, hopefully
2: uh, next weekend when when the games are on, it's it's the games we'll be talking about and not the referees. Um. Also next weekend the ladies football are out in the first round of the championship against Cork or the first round of the league against Cork. That's live on TG4 on. Friday evening and um, that's a good game to, for people to look at we have a new captain Marissa and Ashley Maloney uh, that's a great choice for the, for the ladies football to, to captain the county
5: yeah very well deserved I'm almost surprised that it hasn't happened before this you know she's um she's always led you know led from the front for 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 Tipperary and and um it's great to see get her it's great to see her getting her her due rewards for that
2: yeah, and Anna Rose Kennedy there from Aherlow, uh, who's a young, a young woman. She's only 19 and she's the vice captain. She's another star in the making. Um, Sean, the Camogies were out last weekend. They're, they had two unsuccessful days against Cork. Um, put up a good fight in both games, but, but, but were on the wrong end of it. This weekend, they have Waterford in the senior and Galway in I mean, yeah. Galway in the intermediate. Uh, probably need to get back and to winning ways, uh, especially at senior level.
4: Oh, for sure, yeah. And kind of last week, first round out, you might kind of know where you're at, but you're hoping to step up a gear again this because them aiming against the earlier in relation to that. And he's mentioned is actually good that the senior games on along with long you know there's something for the future. Mm-hmm. They're not on the same venue when they're going around the county and clammel You know, it's, it's not it's not like it's not like it's a hard and strong hurling, stronghold there, but having come all again down there could be something just you not know, to build down when fans are back down the lines. Good to see it.
2: Yeah. And, and temporary footballers are out this weekend again, Marissa. They have Wicklow at home. and um, certainly got a fright got a fright. We we struggled again against Limerick, lose going down by two points, but we need to to win in that for especially for promotion stakes uh, in that game against Wicklow.
5: Yeah, by all accounts we were um we were hampered by injuries. Um but you know, we know what this tip team is, is capable of um when we have full strength on a on a good day out. So um you know, hopefully they'll be able to bounce, bounce back against Wicklow now this weekend.
2: Yeah, so those games are all going ahead this weekend. The Galway game is on at half one on Saturday. So, look, hopefully we'll have some some wins on the board. Um, following this weekend, uh, Marissa and John, thanks for joining. And uh, to our guests, James Williams, Eamon Wynn, and John McIntyre. And we'll see you all next week.
0: <Murchmonster.ie>